0: Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To that show We are Reporting live from Trash Can Studios On the late, late night So I apologize if uh, Things seem a little off I seem a little whatever Happy 4th of July to everybody I know it's late, I know it's late I got it But you know happy fourth anyone we're probably all still recovering um i'm recovering too trash can studios is incredibly hot uh but i'm doing my best what up cyber family if this is your first time joining us welcome this is sometimes i'd be right i'm your host john fast reporting live from trash can studios as always by my co-host wally say what up wally I'm trying out a new little uh little desk set up here. Space is very limited, so if you hear some knocking, some crashing, something fell over, you know you know I like to keep it transparent with you guys pretty soon, we're gonna be doing a video podcast as well, and once that happens, you'll be able to see what's going on in trash can studios. but uh we got a lot to get into today. a one hundred percent Uh, We're going to be focused on the NBA again this week because, hey, listen, man, a lot is happening in the NBA. Not much is happening anywhere else. It's the dog days of summer. Oh, you know what? I do want to get something off my chest uh, in regards to baseball. So let's start with that. Let's start with baseball. I have to say. There's a lot of hype and excitement about uh, Shohei Ohtani. That's, That's how you say it, right? Shohei Ohtani. Pitcher slash DH for the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Is that the official? For the Angels. Y'all know who I'm talking about. The guy pitches. Really good pitcher. He's a DH. Really good hitter. Great, great baseball player. But. But. I have to say. We are all... I shouldn't say we because I'm not I'm not amongst you guys. But there's so much excitement about what Otani is doing because oh man, he could pitch and he could hit. Unbelievable. We've never seen anything like this. You have. It's called every single kid until they get to college. Every single baseball player in America, in little league, in and in, in high school, in middle school, you will pitch and you will bat. It's not until you get to the higher levels. That they start to make you a specialist and say you are a pitcher, so you focus only on pitching, and we're not gonna let you hit anymore. Otani is a perfect example of what would happen is if you allowed guys to hit. Like, practice it all year round. Even when I know you're gonna say, Oh, but they had the DH in the National League for the longest time and they all stunk. Yeah, they stunk, because you think they were really practicing hitting in the offseason? Do you think they were really like putting in as much effort and hitting as they were in pitching? And don't give me the, oh, who has time for that? Everyone has time for that. You're a professional baseball player. Literally, the only thing you do in your life outside of whatever you do with your family is baseball. You're a professional baseball player. If If a high school kid in Montana can focus on his girlfriend, his family, his schoolwork, pitching and hitting and be just fine, there's no reason why a major league player couldn't do it. Now, listen, what I'm saying is this. Otani is an amazing player. He's great. But for people to put this in a perspective of like, it's so impossible to do. No, it's very possible to do. America is the only country in the world that tries to make you a specialist from the time you're little. Like it's to the point now where if you're a really good basketball player, like they don't want you playing any other sport. At seven years old, he's really good at football. He's a football player all for the rest of his life. That's all he's going to do is play football, get to college for football, get to the NFL. That's all he does. He doesn't play multiple sports anymore. Like, there was a time period in the history of baseball where guys would just hit and pitch. Like, it was just a thing. Like, you you had nine guys. Your pitcher hit. But as, as, the, as the specialist things started to come out and they started to say, well, we're not going to let the pitchers really hit. Don't worry about hitting like it's an automatic out. Like Otani comes from an area and a, and, a, and a place where they were hitting and he was good at it. Now, look, don't get me wrong. The dude is an unbelievable. He is incredible. He's a great, great player. I'm not this. My comments, my opinion has nothing to do or try to discredit that he's not a good player. He is a really good player, a fantastic player. OK, arguably best hitter in, the, in in baseball, right? Like all of those things are true. My 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 gripe is not with how good people think he is. My gripe is making it seem as if what he's doing is impossible for anyone else to do. And he is the only person that has ever existed who has this capability. It's not true. He's just one of the few guys who have been allowed to do it consistently. There were a lot of pitchers that put the bat on the ball. Every five days when they got the pitch and they had the, They were forced to hit because they were in the, in, in the NL, they would put the bat on the ball. It wasn't always just strikeouts and guys batting with jackets on. There were some guys who put the bat on the ball. They got out, sure, but guess what? If he was batting four or five times a game, I promise you his batting average would be in the 260-270 range, which is right around where Otani is. But when you don't allow them to and when you don't allow them to do it consistently, like Otani will pitch and then for the rest of the week he'll be a DH until it's his turn to pitch again. Very few players have gotten that luxury to do that, to show you how good they can be. I bet you right now in the minor leagues there's plenty of guys who are hitters, who are trying to give it a stab at pitching, who pitched when they were younger or in high school or whatever. Stop making it so specialized and then you will see a lot more of these guys creep up. That's just my old man get off my lawn rant. Like let these guys play moving on i was uh i was driving around today and i heard something on the radio and it, and it kind of got me all fired up and i was i was completely frustrated and so i wanted to bring it here to the show uh so the 76ers um james harden opted in for his player option for this upcoming season and apparently there was some sort of agreement that when he took a slight pay cut last year a team friendly deal last year to get in order to bring over PJ Tucker uh that they the idea i guess the, the agreement under the table was we'll take care of you next year don't worry we'll we'll get you back for this and apparently that's not going to happen so james harden opted in and 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 the 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 growing sentiment is that he is requesting a trade and the team has agreed that yeah we'll trade you we'll get you we'll move you out of here we'll move you right And so what I heard today on the radio was them talking about the possibility of Joel Embiid asking for a trade. And the guy was going off about how Embiid has never had the help that he's needed and oh man, like maybe Embiid should go because they can't really seem to pair him with anybody and and no one's coming in and doing their job and blah, 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 blah. And it started to almost make it seem like Joel Embiid was some great player who teammates were just letting him down. And I said, hold on now. Joel Embiid's not the victim. Joel Embiid hasn't been the guy he needed to be. Joel Embiid came up small in game six and seven this year, just like James Harden. So I said, maybe I'm wrong. Let me go look it up. Let me check the tape. Do you want to know something? Joel Embiid this past season shot 43% from the field in the playoffs. Yes, you heard me. This season, this playoffs season, this past, it just finished. Right? Where they lost to Boston in seven games. Like when they should have won. Yeah. yeah. 43%. How is that guy going to come up and say that anyone else didn't do what they were supposed to do? You are the MVP. MVP. Of the, of the NBA, you the MVP. Some people argue top three player in the NBA. You shot forty-three percent from the field when you're seven foot tall and you're more athletic than every single big man that's guarding you. Forty three percent. It's terrible. Eighteen percent from three. Why are you even taking threes at that point? Joel Embiid for his career, forty-six percent from the field. Forty six. You're a big man. Forty six percent. Twenty-eight percent from three. That's not to mention that for the first two years in the league when they were paying you, you weren't even playing. You were rehabbing to get healthy. It wasn't until recently that we feel like we can confidently say you're going to play a majority of the games. Stop it. Joel Embiid is not a victim. Joel Embiid is not getting done dirty or getting done wrong. Hey, you love Ben Simmons? No, you hate him, right? You had to run him out of town for his career. 57% shooting. In the playoffs. His problem was never he couldn't make a shot. His problem was he wouldn't take one. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that that guy failed because he was refusing to take shots. If you're going to sit there and say James Harden failed because he came up small. And then give Embiid a complete pass. What? Because you like him? Because you think he has the most potential of anybody? Because he's younger than them? Because he's seven feet tall with a, with a nice shooting stroke? What, what do you want? He's not a victim. He's not getting done wrong by the franchise. He is part of the problem. He is part of the 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 process failing. He's part of it. He's a good player. Of course he is. But is he good enough? Is he a Kevin Garnett in Minnesota where Kevin Garnett was delivering time and time and time again and just didn't have any support around him to get over the hump? No, he's not that. This past season, we watched game six and seven. Him fail just as much as James Harden failed. They both in the same boat, brother. Just because you like one and think one has more potential than the other doesn't mean that he's a victim. Let's stop that. Stop that victim nonsense. Joel Embiid is part of the problem, too. And if Joel Embiid comes out and says, I want to trade, hey, uh, I don't know what to tell you, bro. You haven't earned it. Joel Embiid has not earned the right to say, get me out of town. You guys haven't done right by me. Bro, they paid you for like two and a half seasons when you wasn't even playing. Just hoping that you would eventually Live up to some potential that they had for you. Stop it! You ain't got no right to demand nothing. Sit down. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm mad. It's late. I'm tired. <laughs> Let's move on to something else that I thought was absolutely fascinating. And I, you know what? I made a whole. Uh, I made a whole YouTube video. I, I think I even said it in the show. Uh, we were talking about Dylan Brooks last week, and I was talking about how you know Dylan Brooks is getting a lot of hate. Dylan Brooks is getting a lot of uh is getting a lot of criticism and people have kind of gone off Dylan Brooks and said you can't you know you can't sign him stay away from him he's can't he's toxic blah 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 no good over whatever and I was like I don't understand I don't agree with that so Dylan Brooks since then has signed a four-year 80 million dollar contract with the Houston Rockets and I say hey man good for them They got a good player. If you put him in the right role and don't ask him to be a major offensive force for you, he's a good player. He's a good player. Like, I'm not saying he's great, but there's no reason why he couldn't start on your team and be a positive contributing factor. So I heard... Again, all this conversation about Dylan Brooks would have way overpay. This guy is is inefficient, is blah, 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 all these other things, right? And I said, man, this is weird. I don't understand it. I think he I think he's a solid player. I think you can do a lot of things with him. I don't see the problem with him. Then I heard today, again, talking about potential trades and things that they could do, and uh PJ Tucker's name came up. And they were talking about P.J. Tucker still being a really good option for you to get on your team, like a guy that you can trade for. If Philly was making a trade, yo, we want to put P.J. Tucker in the deal. Give me him, too. He's a really good player. He's a good, solid role player who can do a really good job for you, who can be a contributing factor to you. And I said, what is the difference between P.J. Tucker and Dylan Brooks? What's the difference? I'm going to give you some numbers. You tell me if you think it's Dylan Brooks or it's P.J. Tucker. 43% shooting for their career, 37% from three, 75% from the free throw line, averages seven points a game. Do you think that's Dylan Brooks or P.J. Tucker? Spoiler alert, it's P.J. Tucker. You want to know what Dylan Brooks does? 42% shooting for his career. That's one percentage point worse than P.J. Tucker. One percentage point. 34% from three, three percentage points lesser. 80% from the free throw line, 5 percentage points higher, and averages over 14 points a game. So he averages twice as many points, shoots only 1 percentage worse, and is just as good a defender. And he's younger. And you mean to tell me you would be perfectly fine with P.J. Tucker coming to any team that's contending for a title, but Dylan Brooks needs to be out of the league? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? I think we need to stop. It's bias. It's favoritism. It's recency bias. You saw in the playoffs that he came up that he, he didn't do well. He didn't play well. You know who else didn't play well in the playoffs? Joel Embiid. You don't care about that, though. Because he had a couple games where he scored a bunch of points. But if you look at the totality of it, didn't play well. James Harden didn't play well either. But he had a couple games where he disembaked Like, come on, now stop. Dylan Brooks is P.J. Tucker. He's a younger P.J. Tucker. He's what P.J. Tucker was on Phoenix. And you know what P.J. Tucker is not asked to do? Score a bunch of points. He's asked to every once in a while hit a shot or two in the game. That's all we need you to do. You're going to be open a lot. Hit a couple shots for us. That's all we need you to do. And you guard the other team's best player. That's what Dylan Brooks is. And if you want to talk about, oh, but he talks trash, so what? So does Russell Westbrook. He's always chirping. Russell Westbrook can't shoot neither. Like, I don't care if you talk trash. Good, fine. Talk trash. Be vocal. Get in somebody's face. Be ready to scrap. Be ready to fight. Be competitive. I love that. Now, I'm not saying Dylan Brooks... Should have got $20 million a year. Look, there's a lot of guys that got paid a bunch of money that I don't think should have got paid a bunch of money. We're going to talk about it. But let's not sit here and pretend like Dylan Brooks can't be a good player on a good team. He doesn't have to be the guy. In Memphis, because of John Morant, he kind of had to be a guy. He's, he needs to be in the background, just like P.J. Tucker. You want to know how to get the most out of Dylan Brooks? Look at what teams have done with P.J. Tucker and do that same thing. I told you something was going to fall this this episode. (laughs) Milwaukee gave you the game plan on how to use it. He's P.J. Tucker. If you're a fan and you look at Dylan Brooks and you look at him as a comp for P.J. Tucker and say that's what you're getting, then I think you would say, oh, okay, I got no problem with him then. When you look at him and say you're getting uh I don't know, name a player that's like a big time player. No, you're not getting that. But Pete but he's PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker is a good guy to have on your squad. So is Dylan Brooks. I rest my case. Oh we're gonna we're gonna run right through this because I'm all fired up and, 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 and I'm 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 ready to go. Next in NBA news. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers made a lot of moves this offseason, and they are getting A-plus grades for their recent moves, and everyone is excited. And the NBA media is saying that they have a team that could be a serious contender for a deep playoff run. And I just want to go over what they did and ask, why why the excitement? Okay, so they re-signed Rui Hachimura, which good move. He's he's a solid young player. As far as like being a rotational player, he can he can add something for you. He's a body. He's a smart player. Nothing. I got no problem with that. But Rui Hachimura is not the difference between winning a title and not. He's not the difference between a deep playoff run and a first round exit. He's just not. Okay. They signed Jackson Hayes, a center that played for the Pelicans, who I I am willing to guarantee you probably have never heard of before this signing. You probably have no idea who this guy is, if he's good, if he's bad. I have no idea. But, you know, NBA insiders think this is a really good move because they need a guy that's going to back up Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is going to miss some games and there's going to be times he needs to spell, blah, 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 blah. Jackson Hayes is a solid player who's got some good upside, sure. But if he was that... If he was going to be that, he wouldn't have been on the market and he would have gotten a bigger deal. They re-signed Austin Reeves. Be excited. Austin Reeves is a good player. Austin Reeves is, again, not the difference between a deep playoff run and not or a difference between a championship and not a championship. He's not that guy. And if he was that guy, the entire NBA would have come and tried to offer him a deal that the Lakers couldn't match. And I know, I know the Lakers said it doesn't matter what you offer him. We're going to match anything because we really want this guy. I get it, but they wouldn't have. If you had offered him some crazy deal, they wouldn't have matched it. They re-signed D'Angelo Russell. Bruh. D'Angelo Russell was the guy that we was trying to get rid of last year. He was a guy that got benched in the playoffs. He was a guy that when he was still in the starting lineup, the entire sports media was saying, why is this guy even playing? You can't put him on the floor. He's terrible. They re-signed him. And everyone's like, yeah, we don't love it. But, you know, it's a tradable contract next year. It's a two-year deal. So next year it's an expiring contract. Could be a good trade piece. I don't know. He's streaky. When he's on, he could be on. Like, stop it. Stop trying to justify this terrible. Why are you bringing him back? What difference is he going to make for you? A trade piece, if you're trading him next year because he's not playing well, who the hell is going to trade you anything for him? He's not good. They signed Gabe Vincent. That's right. The same Gabe Vincent that started for the Miami Heat at point guard that made a finals run. He got signed. They signed him. New starting point guard. What a great pickup. He's a really good shooter. Guess what? He shot four. He shoots 40 percent from the field. 40 percent. That's last year. That's career. 40 percent shooter. 33 percent from three. You guys tell me that Dylan Brooks can't shoot a lick and he shoots a higher three point percentage than Gabe Vincent. But Gabe Vincent shot 38 percent through the playoffs last year. And all of a sudden, whoo, marksman. The guy has consistently for his entire career been a 40% shooter, 33% from three, averaging 10 points. They need, L.A. needs shooters. Gabe Vincent's not a consistent shooter. He's no better than what you had. Do you think that, do you think that he's, he's better than Dennis Schroeder? Do you think Gabe Vincent is a better player right now than Schroeder? I don't think he is. But for some reason, this is looked at as an upgrade. I don't understand. I'm confused. How, why, and how is it an upgrade? But, you know, I don't know. What do I know? And then they brought on Cam Reddish. Who, can I just say, Cam Reddish is the perfect example of a guy who everyone keeps saying, oh, man, he hasn't quite hit his stride, but, man, he's super talented. He's super talented. Maybe you know this environment; he can get it going. He's super talented. The guy—he's one of those guys that just can play basketball really well when you just watch him in an open gym, open run setting. But when you talk about, he has no—he has no skill that he can go to that you can hang your hat on and say he does that well. He has nothing. He's not—he's not a shooter. He does not finish well by the rim. He's not a great defender. He's not a good rebound. He's just he's just one of those guys when you watch him in an open gym, he's probably like, oh my God, this guy is, is unbelievable. Well put him on the court in a system where like you're playing NBA ball and we need you to like kind of fit in somewhere. He has nothing. Like he he doesn't. He's one of those he's one of those guys that you see at the park every single summer. You go down there and there's one guy on there that just is unbelievable. Just athletic, quick, can do everything, and you're just like, wow, this guy, this guy should be in the league. But then you watch him play in like a league play, and it's like, oh, okay, he not, it's different. You're around a bunch of other guys that can do the same thing. Like, okay, you have no real, he has no defining quality. So they want to say, oh, at Duke, he, you know, he he didn't really fit the Duke system. That's why he didn't really excel. Okay, sh- sure. Then he went to Atlanta. And, oh, you know what? That team was kind of ah, whatever, and then he bounced around, and he went to the Knicks, and the Knicks were all excited. I was one of them, like, yo, this guy could be really good. Re- I remember him coming out of college. Yeah, there was a lot of hype about him. Cool. And he didn't do anything there. Couldn't even get on the court. Then he got traded, and it was like, oh, yeah, he's going to do good there. Yeah, he finally free. Shoot, great. Didn't do anything there either. And now the Lakers are going to pick him up, and what? You think all of a sudden the light bulb's going to go on, and he's going to, like, do something? He has no defining great quality he's he's a good he's a good baller I I don't know how else to say I want to say he's a good basketball player but I don't think he is I think he has basketball skills but not enough to be like a consistent contributing factor to an NBA team I just don't so I'm not trying to be a wet blanket on the Lakers hype if, if you're excited about it but they didn't do anything that I feel like dramatically improve their team to the point where you feel like now they should be, they should be in serious consideration for being a title contender for what? Based on what? If anything, you could say they didn't get worse. I will agree with you. The Lakers did not get worse. I don't know that they got any better. I think they kind of stayed about even, and let's be honest, their route to get to the conference finals last year it was pretty easy. It was a pretty easy road. So I'm not sure that that's going to happen again. So be excited if you want to, but I'm looking at these moves realistically and just saying, look, on paper, you got if everyone plays at their absolute, if everyone delivers a career year, sure. But what are the chances that it happens? Actually, as a matter of fact, no. If they do give a career year, and you're going to be about average. If everyone plays way above their skis, then sure. You could win, but what are the chances that are happening? Highly unlikely. And in most cases, Austin Reeves is probably going to take a step back. Once you give him a bigger role and he's forced into it more often and, and teams are more prepared for what he's bringing to the table, I think you're going to see his production taper back a little bit. A guy like Gabe Vincent, again, when you're expecting him to do more, I think he's going to give you the same thing he's always given, but because the expectations are going to be so high, it's going to be a disappointment. I think a guy like Cam Reddish, because you're excited of what he can be when he is just who he is, you're going to be disappointed. Jackson Hayes is not like a franchise player, so what are you getting with that? And Rui Hatchamore is who he is. I think because the excitement is so high, you're going to be disappointed when these guys don't outperform what your expectations were. Prepare for a bad season. Prepare for a season of disappointment. That's what I would say. Another thing I noticed in the NBA this offseason is why is everyone who gets a contract getting a max contract? I feel like every move that I read is, you know, so-and-so got the rookie max. So-and-so got the third year max. So-and-so got a four-year max contract. Not everyone is a max player. All right. Let me put it this way. All right. Let me tell you what threw me over the edge. So LaMelo Ball signed the 260 million dollar max contract for i guess because there's scales look it's complicated i'm not even quite sure how it works enough to explain it to someone who doesn't know but put it this way if you're on your rookie contract and you sign a max extension the maximum amount they could give you was like 260 over five years or whatever right that's the max they don't have to give you that right if i'm wrong somebody hit me up and let me know that i'm wrong but there's no way that a team, if they want to re-sign a player, have to give them the max. That, they don't have to, right? You can give them less if you want. I could offer LaMelo Ball a five-year, $180 million contract if I wanted. I could. Okay, That's, I'm going based off that. So if I'm completely wrong, then I'm just an idiot, and somebody hit me up and say, you're an idiot, and then I'll come back next week, and I'll apologize and, and rescind all of this. But as it stands right now, I don't think the NBA has anything in place saying you have to offer max contracts. So when I saw like Tyrese Halliburton got the max, a max contract from Indiana, I'm sitting there like, why is everybody, Anthony Edwards got a max contract from Minnesota? And I'm like, why is everybody getting a max? In my, um, in my mind, okay, I'm not anti get your money. If anything, I'm yo, get your money. I, I couldn't imagine. I, as I sit here right now, I can't imagine the feeling of once I sign this paper, Over the course of the next five years, I will have more money than I can. I don't know what to do with all this money, and that's just from my contract. Not to mention my endorsements. Two hundred and sixty million dollars, guaranteed, bro. You won't. I won't. I won't. I couldn't spend two hundred sixty million dollars in a lifetime. I couldn't do it. I don't even know what you would. Eventually, you would have no. You can't buy another house. Like, how many houses are you buying? Right. How many cars are you buying? How much clothes are you buying? And like I said, you have that money and you have your endorsements. Like what? I don't understand. I can't fathom that amount of money. So I'm not anti get your money. Everybody sign the contract. If they offer you to max sign it, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think. Sign it. Okay. even if you don't want to be there, sign the contract and then demand a trade in a year. (laughs) Make sure you get your guaranteed money. I'm all on board for that. But in my brain, if when I think about it from the organizational standpoint, when I think about it from the fan standpoint, I say this. R.J. Barrett is not a max player. But he got the rookie max. He's not a max player. Julius Randle, not a max player. But he's a guy who at the time received the max. Well, he didn't receive the max. I take that back. Stick with R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett's not a max player. But the Knicks offered him the max, what, to keep him? Now, here's what I'm saying. The max contract is the most amount of money that you're allowed to give a guy. It is saying, look, this is the most amount that we are allowed by the league standards to pay you. So we we would love to give you more, but this is where they max it out. That should be reserved for guys who are the best of the best. Tyrese Halliburton is a really good player. He's not the best point guard in the NBA. He should not be paid like the best point guard in the NBA. He should not be making the same money as the best point guard in the NBA. LaMelo Ball is not a max player. He's not. The guy has injury concerns every year. The guy has not done enough yet to say he is top of the league. No, he's fun. He's a fun player. He's not a max guy. He's not a max You wouldn't put him in the discussion for best players in the NBA. LaMelo Ball is not a top 10 NBA player. If you want to say, look, there's 400 players. There's no way players in the 50s and 60s should be getting max contracts. I don't care that it's the rookie max and that when you get beyond that rookie deal, you can now get a bigger max. I don't care about none of that. There's no reason why LaMelo Ball should be getting $260 million over the next five years. What has he done to make you say, we got to max him out. I want to give you more, but I can't. What has he done? I came in that draft and said, Anthony Edwards is better than LaMelo Ball. I said, I would take Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards is a better basketball player than LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo Ball is probably more flashy. I think he might be more fun. But if you're talking about who's going to come in and play day in, day out, who's going to give you more, Anthony Edwards is my guy all day. And in year one, some of y'all came at me and tried to say, oh, what now, what now? And I said, I'm still holding on to it. Still would take Anthony Edwards. I think over the course of the long term, I think he's a better player. So I went back and I said, you know what? They both got a max. I'm saying LaMelo didn't deserve a max. I don't have a problem with Anthony Edwards getting a max because I think Anthony Edwards has proven something to you. But I'll put it to you this way. LaMelo Ball has played 162 games so far in his career. In that same time period, Anthony Edwards has played 223, far more games. Now, injuries are not a guy's fault. I'm not faulting LaMelo for that. But what I'm saying is if I'm an organization and I got to pay a guy, I'd much, I'd be much happier to give a guy a max if I know he's going to show up every game. If I know you have injury concerns, I'm not comfortable giving you a max. I don't know if you're going to be there. That's a problem for me. Anthony Edwards shoots one percentage point higher. Not a big difference, but hey, if I'm being petty, it's still better. <laughs> LaMelo Ball does shoot better from the free throw line and from three-point percentage. From three-point line and free throw line, he does shoot better than Anthony Edwards. But it's close. It's 38-35 to on threes, and it's 83-77 to on free throws. Not dramatic. Not like, oh, he's trash. Anthony Edwards, in my opinion, should be a lot better from the free throw line, but I feel like that's going to pick up. But, you know, that's what it is. LaMelo averages six rebounds and seven assists. Anthony Edwards averages five rebounds and four assists. The assist numbers I'm not mad at because one of them's a point guard, one of them's a two guard. LaMelo is supposed to get other guys involved. He's going to do that much more than Anthony Edwards. I'm fine with that. The rebounds is where it's interesting because neither one of them are really expected to get rebounds. But the fact that they are both at five and six is not much of a discrepancy. I'm not mad either way. And LaMelo averages 19 points and Anthony Edwards averages 22. Now. They do two different things. I understand that. I agree with you. One of them is a point guard. His responsibility, what he's expected to do, is different. Anthony Edwards is supposed to just be a, a raw score, two guard, or whatever. I still think Anthony Edwards is showing to be a better player, a more consistent player than LaMelo Ball. LaMelo is more fun. He's more flashy. He's more exciting. He's going to get you all interested. He's going to get you night to night. He's going to get you excited about the game. I get it. But I still think Anthony Edwards is better. But even then, if I were to ask you, Anthony Edwards max contract, are you just like, yeah, without doubt? Like, no. I, I don't understand why we aren't reserving the max contract for guys who are legitimately doing something that's on a higher level. Lamelo, these numbers I just told you for LaMelo are not max contract numbers. Just because he's up for a contract doesn't mean we got to give him a max. Teams, can we hold off on the max? Can we reserve the max for all right, for example, best example, Zion. Zion got a max. For what? What did Zion do in the time when he was playing that made you feel like, I got to give him a max? He was barely available. But New Orleans said, hey, man, we got to give him a max. We got to give him a max. And now they're trying to boot him out of there. And nobody wants him. Why? Because you got the max contract attached to a guy who's probably not going to play. These max contracts, man, we got to slow down on them. We gotta, it's supposed to be Special. It, it's to the point now where when the NBA free agency happens, hey, who's getting the max deal next? It's not even a surprise. I don't even need to know who's signing for what. Hey, if you're if you're coming off your rookie deal and you're signing a contract with your team, you're getting a max. What's the max number? Two hundred six, two hundred six, possibly two sixty. All right, cool. That's what it is. I don't even need to know the terms of it. I already know it. It's just like a generic copy paste. Here he got it too. He got this. He got this. I don't understand. I know that that's like. I just think it's I just think it's so dumb as a team to say I'm going to max. You don't have to. RJ Barrett does not deserve a max contract. He hasn't performed to a max player level. And are you trying to tell me that Halliburton, RJ Barrett, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, all these guys play at the same exact level? None of them are better than the other? Not one of those guys is better than they are all the same. I don't believe that. Some of them are better than others. And all of them are better than R.J. Barrett. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, we got to we gotta slow down on these max contracts. The last thing I need to eat my words on uh, is I came in last week and we talked about and I talked about how Dame never asked for a contract, never asked for a trade. Uh, he never asked to be traded. Dame always came out and said he wanted to stay in Portland if he can't win in Portland and oh well, he just won't win one. Uh, And right after I said it the very next day, wouldn't you know it, Dame came out and officially requested a trade. And I look like the biggest moron on the planet, even though I never said that he wouldn't. I just said that he at that point had never said it and that the conversation about Dame wants to go somewhere was just you guys putting that in there. But I guess where there's smoke, there's fire. And apparently everyone knew that Dame wanted a trade, but he didn't want to say it. The team didn't want to say we're going to trade him because nobody wants to look like the bad guy. And now we are in a funky position where the conversation is he wants to go to Miami. What Miami has to give back is not really a great package He doesn't have a no-trade clause, so the Blazers do not have to trade him anywhere that he wants to go. They can move him anywhere, and there's nothing he could do about it. And now the question is, do they need to do right by Dame and trade him where he wants to go and take lesser for themselves and do right by him? And I would say, what the hell does that mean? Oh, Dame played there for 11 years, gave you everything he had. You can do right by him. Yeah, you know what we gave him? Max contracts. We paid him top dollar to play here. All this, all this nonsense about oh, loyalty to team is nothing. Da da He he needs he deserves better. Give him he I gave him the most money you could play. He's hit he, look his contract. I think next not this season coming up, but the next one is like $60 million a year. Bruh, he's getting bank. They paid Dame Lillard top dollar. That's why he played. That's why he showed up night after night. He showed up. They paid him. It's a job. It's a contract. We will pay you X amount of dollars for you to do this job. When you go in and do that job, you have fulfilled your end of the bargain we will then sign the checks we have now fulfilled ours it is an even exchange we are both giving and getting exactly what we agreed to so now when it comes to the end of that agreement I don't owe you anything you don't owe me anything I've honored my end of the deal you've honored yours now it's time to do what's best for us Dame Lillard is thinking I want to go to Miami because that's what's best for me The Blazers are thinking, yeah, but Miami doesn't offer the best deal for me. So they might be thinking, I'm going to send you somewhere else because that's what works for me. Neither one of them is selfish and neither one of them is wrong and neither one of them is right. They are all trying to do what's good for self because that's what you do. The Blazers have not done wrong by Dame Lillard. They have not done him wrong. They have tried. Just because it doesn't work doesn't mean someone wasn't trying. They had a good team there. He wanted mellow. They brought in mellow. It didn't work. That's fine. They have a solid roster. Okay? They have a solid team. What am I supposed if you're the Blazers, what am I supposed to do? You want me to trade for someone? I don't have anything that anybody wants. I don't have nobody's calling me asking for my pieces so I can't just trade because I want to no one's gonna take my garbage and give me their treasure so they're screwed there oh you want me to sign a free agent I can't make them come here they didn't want to come I offered some money they didn't want to come what am I supposed to do the franchise didn't fail Dame Lillard they tried it just ain't work Nobody was running to go go there and said, ah, you know what, they wasn't willing to give me enough. They wasn't taking their calls. Let's be honest about what it is, and let's stop pretending. Nobody was considering Portland as a place that they were going to go in free agency. Sorry, it's just not that kind of place for the league. They didn't fail Dame Lillard. They don't owe him. Throw that right out the window. Now, if you want to say, hey, going forward, if they do right by Dame Other players players in the league will see it and think, you know what, good organization, stand-up guys, you know what, I'll go play there. No, they won't. No, they won't. No, they won't. Because I, you too, heard a whole bunch of reports about Donald Sterling and how foul he was for years and years and years. And guess what? Players still went there to play. You hear rumors all the time, dog, oh, James Dolan's an idiot, da 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 For the right price, players will still go play? Players ain't worrying about no owners and what the ownership is going to do. You going to give me money or nah? You going to give me the bag or nah? Because if you're going to give me the bag, I'll go play there. And if I don't like it, I'll request a trade, but I'm still getting my money. Players are not going to look at Portland as a new hotspot because they treated Dame Lillard like a king on his way out and took lesser deal. You know what they're going to say? The Blazers stink. They suck. I'm not going there because I'm not going to win a championship there. I'm going to go somewhere where I can win a championship. That's what's going to happen. Hey, hey, sports media, when the Blazers are irrelevant for the next seven, eight years because they went out and got nothing in return for Dame Lillard because they were trying to do right by him to entice the rest of the NBA to say, hey, come over to Portland when you get a chance. They're going to be dog-do and you're going to be looking at them like a failed franchise and the GM needs to get fired and the coach needs to get fired and, ooh, nobody wants to go there. What a bad franchise. Time to blow it up. Yeah, that's your fault. What Portland needs to do is think about Portland and think about, hey, what can we get in return? Now, that being said, I don't think what Miami has to offer is trash. (laughs) If Scoot Henderson is who you think he is, getting a guy like Tyler Hero, who is a shooter, who is a scorer, who can play off the ball to compliment him is not bad. Getting Duncan Robinson, a catch-and-shoot three guy, not bad. It's not bad. Look, I'll be the first one to tell you, I love Dame Lillard, but Dame Lillard's not like some once-in-a-lifetime, if we acquire him, it's a rat. Like, I don't think Miami getting him is a, is a lock to get anywhere. I don't think getting Dame Lillard makes Miami a lock to make the playoffs. I don't think that. But if I'm Portland, I'm thinking, look, if I can get more somewhere else... I still contend the Knicks are the best trade partner they can get. Why? Because the Knicks can give you RJ Barrett, right? Now, I don't like RJ, but RJ is young. RJ is probably I would say Tyler Hero is is pretty is closer to what he his ceiling than RJ. RJ still has some room to say he he might get better. I just think New York, we there's not we don't have time for that. But R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, which is a good two-guard, point-guard combo who could spell somebody, a good guy to have come off your bench. They can give you a whole bunch of first-round draft picks, not these stupid pick swaps. So, you know, you can, that, that's, that's the best pack. Now, look, I, I'll, I don't think that the Knicks will have any interest in Lillard. I don't think Lillard fits with the Knicks. But if we're talking about what they want, which is young players, okay, I can give you a bunch of guys under 25, and I can also give you a bunch of first-round picks. That's the best route for the Blazers to go. And I don't think that whatever they, whatever they do, trade him to where he wants to go or trade him somewhere else, I don't think it has an effect on the rest of the NBA and the way that people look at Portland. I think you are Portland. That is what you are. That is what you will always be. It is what it is, fella. That's how I feel. But that's my time, y'all. Look, it's been very NBA heavy the last uh, couple weeks, but that's because the NBA is king right now. They are kind of taking over everything baseball. We haven't even gotten to the All-Star game yet, which that will be next week, so I'm going to come in here and talk about my thoughts on that because the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby, let's see what it is this year before I give you my opinion on what I think needs to happen with that, whether it needs to stay or go. That's called the tease, my friends. Uh, (laughs) Also, NFL uh, training camp should be starting um, at the end of this month, I believe. End of July is usually when it starts up. End of July, early August, you got all that stuff starting to happen. So that's going to ramp up very quickly. I'm going to give you uh, this year. We're going to do a bunch. I got the... um, the cyber quarterback rankings the second annual cyber quarterback rankings to let you know my rankings of the top quarterbacks in the league we're also gonna i'm gonna go over this year i'm gonna tell you right before the season starts who i think is gonna win every division and who i think is gonna eventually win the super bowl i'm gonna give you all those picks early we're gonna do a bunch of that stuff but that's coming up in the next couple weeks um, but next week, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens in sports. We're gonna take it day by day. These are the dog days of summer. If you if you remember being young, if you're a fan of sports, this is kind of the time of the year where like things kind of are in like a dead zone where there's not really anything really happening in major sports, it's kind of just baseball going on right now. With most people, let's face it, baseball doesn't move the needle for most people. I love watching baseball, but that's just me. I'm a weirdo, and I'm an old man. So I will see you guys next week. I thank you for coming through this week. Follow me on all social media platforms at cyber underscore pod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D. Check out the YouTube channel at Cyber Network. That's S-I-B-R Network check me out there for some exclusive videos like follow subscribe uh, listen wherever you listening to the podcast if you could do me a favor drop a review uh, give me a, a rating help it boost up get into uh, more people's feeds in front of more eyeballs so we can continue to grow this cyber family to be the number one sports network in the world i'll catch you guys next time